But of that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Uh -huh. So that clearly shows the Son cannot be God, because that's like having a square circle. Either no. you know or you don't know. To get the truth about Christ is critical, because if anybody preaches another Christ, he's cursed, he's damned, and short-circuits the possibility of the truth, and the truth alone can save. So being right about Jesus Christ is critical. So this Muslim gentleman who claims to have read the Bible cover to cover... So what is he talking about? I, I mean, I've read the Bible cover to cover. Takes Mark 13, 32, which says, But of that day or hour no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, not the Son, but the Father. It takes that to mean that since the Son doesn't know the hour or the day, that means the Son is not all-knowing. If the Son is not all-knowing, therefore the Son cannot be God, which cannot be any further from the truth if you understand the passage in its context. And this Christian brother who understands the word of God really well explained to this Muslim man that he misunderstood the passage. He gives him the context within which the Lord Jesus Christ made that statement and also takes him to other passages of scripture to further explain what that means. And it's really amazing. Without any further ado, let's get into it. 1332. 1332. Look at you, man. I still like the book, you know. <laughs> but of that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Uh -huh. So, clearly, it says that of that day and hour, no one knows. Not that people forgot, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Mm -hmm. So that clearly shows the Son cannot be God, because that's like having a square circle. Either no. you know or you don't know. All right, so my question to you is, and so... There's a question, you're going to throw that question back at Yeah, of course. Come on, what about an answer? Well, this is how Jesus answered. He answered with questions a lot of times. All right. So the first thing that I'm going to ask you is, what is your assumption? Because you're obviously assuming that he's saying, using the word no in a form of ignorance, right? I'm just reading. Okay. So what is... I'm not assuming. I think you know the English. Have you have you read the... <laughs> have you no. read have you read the previous verses before that? Sure. So what's it about? Assuredly, I say to you. No, what's it about? I mean, I haven't memorized. You don't know? It. No. Come on, man. I've read that. When you bring a verse, okay, yeah. you got it highlighted. Gotcha. I'm expecting you to know the content. Sure. So Tell what me. is he talking about? I mean, I've read the Bible cover to cover. A lot of people think that knowing verses and knowing passages is only all that matters when it comes to the Bible. However, knowing the Word of God, knowing the context of what is being said, more importantly, being indwelt by the Holy Spirit will help you understand the Bible if you study it systematically. Right? Come on, but Shay. Now you tell me the context. Okay, so right. I'll I'll tell you. Now. Go for it. So the context is Jesus is literally detail for detail telling you everything that's about to happen okay. up until his coming. Okay. Detail by detail, Excellent. destruction of the of the temple, right. destruction of the city, right. how the people how the persecution is gonna come, okay. the rebuilding of the temple, okay. the abomination of the antichrist is gonna come. Gotcha. And how the sun will be darkened detail by detail by detail, detail by, by detail by, by detail. Okay. Exactly. And then all of a sudden uh -huh. says, Oh well no one knows the, the day of the hour, not even the sun, but the Father in heaven. Okay. So I'm going to ask you this. Does it make, I don't think it was an answer. No, no. Does it make sense to you? I'm just trying to put this in perspective. Does it make sense to you for, number one, Jesus to lay out everything that's going to happen on that day, up until that day, yeah. and say that he doesn't know when, he, when he's going to come? It makes perfect sense. It doesn't make sense yeah. at all. 
Does the Bible doesn't make sense? No, so no, no. That happened? no. Your understanding of that okay, doesn't so make me, sense. Okay, so let me let me ask. No, I'm I'm not I'm not okay, done. You asked a question. Does it make sense? I mean, yeah. You said you said okay, it makes ahead, you, you said it makes perfect sense to you. So let me just so. Another way that this you can look at this, okay. which is the correct way contextually, okay. is that Jesus is not speaking of knowledge when it comes to ignorance, but he's talking about declarative. It's look, a declarative. Look, 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 I, I know. You're, you're, I, I, I know. You know you're it's, 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 no, I'm not. You know, okay, look. Uh, but, but, I want to no, show hold you. On, hold on, hold I want to show you an example. Just one second. No, can I show you an example? Let me just read it. Right? No, because, you, you read it already. As you can already see, our Muslim friend right there doesn't even know or understand the context of the entire chapter. A lot of people take one single verse out of a chapter and make some conclusion out of it without even trying to understand or attempt to understand the context of the entire chapter. And that's exactly what he's doing there, which is a big mistake. And one of the most, if not the most ubiquitous example is Matthew chapter 7. Judge not lest ye be judged. Completely taken out of context. It's not Muslim that only do that. Also false teachers who claim to be Christians do the same exact thing with the Bible as well. Look, let me show you an example, but, but Okay, let me just read it and you can show Go me. Ahead, I'll show you an example but after you read it. Of that day and hour, no one knows. That's pretty simple. After he just no, laid not, out not, everything not, that's about yeah, to happen. Exactly. So, like I was going to say, but you didn't let me, but let me say it now. The Prophet Muhammad, وسلم, he told us about the signs of the day of judgment, some very detailed signs, some very specific signs, right? But then when he was asked about when exactly is the day of judgment, he said, nobody knows except Allah, mm. right? I could tell you whatever Allah has revealed to the prophet, yes, he would know. Mm. So whatever Allah revealed to Jesus, the son of Mary, peace and blessings be upon him. We love him. And if you are a Christian watching this video, I want you to understand that the Jesus of the Muslim and the Jesus of Christianity are two different Jesuses or two different kinds of Jesus. And when they say that they love Jesus Christ and peace be upon him, they're not talking about the Jesus of the Bible. They're not talking about the Jesus who died for all sins and was buried and was on the third day and ascended into heaven. They're talking about the counterfeit Jesus, a satanic Jesus even. Then yes, he knows all those details that Allah revealed. Yes, but some things only God knows, Very only good. Allah knows. All and right. that's exactly why, as you mentioned the context, that he's mentioning all these details, but then he says, but of that day and hour, no one knows. No. Not no one declares. Don't don't change words. I don't got to change own. anything. Don't put so, your own, so can finish, I show you an example now? Finish, all right, go ahead. No. Don't, don't put your own wording into it. Uh -huh. But no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, not that the angels aren't going to declare it, is that they don't know, nor the Son, but only the Father. Uh -huh. Go ahead. All right, very good. So go to uh, 1 Corinthians for me, chapter 2. Go for it. Here you go. You don't know where it is, know man? You got to uh, right, go I, to I, I it, man. I was just trying to help you. Wrong out. way, man. You got to go the other yeah. way. Corinthians in the New Testament. Shake. I got you. I got you. Relax. Uh, we've gone over Corinthians many a time. All right, good. You should know where it is. We will get You're rusty, you. man. You got all these highlights. I got you. Very good. <laughs> that's why I got you right here. And that's why I have these. Right? So yeah. I can know where I need to get to. All right, very good. Go so chapter 2. You said 1 Corinthians? Chapter 2. Chapter 2. All right. So let's go ahead and read. Go ahead, bro. All right. So this is Paul. Okay. Right? This is who he's this talking. This is my Jesus. I'm just showing you an example of how Noah is asking, used. So I can be clear. I, I already told you. Okay. You got it. Yeah. <laughs> so this is what he says. Um, and I, brethren, when I came to you, right, so he visited the, the, the believers in Corinth, okay. uh, did not come with excellent of speech or of wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God. Okay. For I determined not to know anything okay. among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Okay. So here's my question to you. 
Okay. When he says that I determined okay. to not know anything okay. except Jesus and him crucified, okay. does that literally mean that Paul didn't know anything except Jesus and him crucified? Sure. So here, definitely Paul from, again, I'm not an expert on the Bible. You're just asking my opinion, right? Uh, just, sure. Just, lo just, <laughs> just a logical conclusion. No, no, no. There's not a lot. Because again, you would have to be looking at the textual background and all that, but I can tell you my opinion. In my opinion, what he's saying is that the emphasis that all he has is on Jesus and his crucifixion. Exactly. Right? But there's a difference here. This is why I said you can't play with verses. There's not a difference. Okay. I wasn't done. Look, you're not done? No, because there's, okay, uh, there's not a difference. I'll let you finish. So, Uthman, listen. Go ahead. When you, when, you, when you see a clear example sure. where Paul says, I determined to know nothing right. except... Okay. Jesus gotcha. and him crucified. Gotcha. So that means that it's not that he didn't know anything. Gotcha. It means that he only decided to declare or make known gotcha. Jesus and him crucified. Excellent. Clear example of how no is used. Excellent. And the context tells you. So when we go back to Jesus's example, right. where we see where he's literally laying out detail by detail, sure. everything that's happening. And then he says that the son doesn't know the hour, nor the angels, nor no man. He's not saying that he himself is ignorant of the day, okay. but he's saying that it's not for him to make known to them. It's okay. not for him to declare. There's an example of this. Okay. Go to Acts chapter well, 1, on. please. Let me, let, me, let me ask you a couple of things first. It, I, it, you got to let me finish this. Okay, go ahead. I'm going to let you finish this. So at, go to Acts chapter 1, because he's asked the same question. And notice how differently he answers. Gotcha. Acts chapter 1. I got you. Acts 1, chapter 1. Go ahead. Alright, so let's see here, around verse 7, he said to them, oh, okay, so verse, uh, you're flipping, see, I'm <laughs> just trying to book, find bro? it, come on, <laughs> verse 5, I think it is, oh, uh, alright, here it is, so, uh, Acts chapter 1, okay, starting at verse 6, well, 5 or 6, that's 6, okay, so it says, therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, Will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? Same question that they asked him, right? Okay. Well, it's the hour of his right. right. And, the, and at the hour, he's talking about how the Son of Man will come and restore Israel. Okay. That's the same context of Mark, All right? right? Go ahead. We, agree, we in agreement? Kind of. Okay, Go good. Ahead. All right. So I'll take that. Go ahead. So watch what Jesus says. Okay. Verse 7. And he said to them, it is not for you to know. Okay. The times or the seasons which the father has put in his own authority. Okay. So not, notice how he doesn't say it's not for us to know, but he or he doesn't say, say he doesn't no, stop. Please pay attention to the context. Don't jump. So not notice, so why doesn't he say, I told you guys already, I don't know. Okay. But instead he answers and says, it's not for you to know you the done? times that the, uh, the father has fixed. Right. I'm going to let you finish. All right. Yeah. I'll just wrapping it up. So, how Jesus compares the, his coming, he compares it to a Jewish wedding in chapters previous to this. He compares this, this, the coming of the Son of Man to a Jewish wedding. And according to tradition in the Jewish wedding, it's the father that announces the day of the wedding. It's not the, the groom or the bride. The, yes, they okay. know. But they're not the one that makes it known. They're not the one who declares it. So this is the point. The point is, it's not a point of ignorance, but it's a point of declaration.
I've done a few videos about the deity of Christ on this channel, one about Zakir Naik and another one with Zakir Naik and Vodi Bakam. They weren't really on stage, but I did it in the sense of showing who Christ is. During his earthly ministry, he was truly man and truly God. However, there are many people, skeptics, including so-called Christians, who do not believe that Christ is actually the God-man, which means he was truly God and truly man. It's kind of sad to see people who profess to be Christians commenting on those videos saying, Christ never said he was God, he said he was the Son of God. So that shows you that there's a level of biblical literacy when it comes to the deity of Christ. Now I want to share a clip of John MacArthur with you explaining the deity of Christ from the book of John. And if you really want to understand the deity of Christ, I would encourage you to read the book of John. Read it every single day, read all of the chapters, and listen to expository preaching on the book of John that will help you grasp the deity of Christ. That Christ, during his earthly ministry, was truly man, but also truly God. So open your Bible to John chapter 5, and I, I just want to draw you into a portion of this chapter, verses 17 to 24, because here is the, the essence of our Lord's claim to deity. In some ways, this chapter has no parallel in the Gospels, even in the Gospel of John, all of which is written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life in his name. That's the thesis of the book. But there isn't any other chapter where you have such a powerful, comprehensive presentation of the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. And of course, th this is the heart of the Christian faith. It's about Christ. It's about Him. And that is, uh, of course, why the Master's Seminary is called the Master's Seminary, because it focuses on the person of Jesus Christ. Uh, scholars and skeptics have certainly uh, faced that query and come up with all kinds of wrong answers um, through history. There is a, an accumulation of wrong answers that continues to be added to. Just about every uh, six months or so, you find another book written by another person. The latest one I've seen is written by a Muslim, uh, Redefining Jesus. That's, um, that's a very popular sport. To get the truth about Christ is critical because if anybody preaches another Christ, he's cursed, he's damned, and short circuits the possibility of the truth, and the truth alone can save. So being right about Jesus Christ is critical. Uh, this kind of skepticism toward Jesus isn't new. It started with the Jews. When John refers to the Jews, it's those religious leaders uh, with whom Jesus interacted in his ministry. The religious leaders of Israel were motivated by their own bitter jealousy. They were motivated by their own desire to protect their uh, self-centered, uh, proud legalism. Their apostate false religion was everything to them. So when they were exposed to Jesus uh, on every level, uh, both as a person and his life and his words, his works, as well as his sermons on judgment and on the kingdom, the conclusion they came to uh, was everything but the truth. They, they came out with, uh, in John 8.48, that he was a Samaritan, which was a way of saying he was an outcast. Uh, and then they said, uh, both in John 7 and John 8, it's recorded, he's demon-possessed. And we know that that was their final conclusion in Matthew 12, that he does what he does by the power of Satan. 
In chapter 10, verse 20 of John, they said he's insane. And they even threw in John 8, 41, that he was illegitimate. He was a bastard child. Anything and everything they could say to criticize Jesus, to demean him. And they have had successors through all of human history who have continued to assault and revile Jesus as a uh, blasphemer, as a transgressor. Uh, the Jews said in, in the early centuries of church history that Jesus practiced magic. His words have been scorned. His life has been ridiculed. Through the centuries, these pseudo-scholars and skeptics have, as I said, accumulated and been intent on denying that Jesus is God. Now, in all the debate over his identity, we have to go back and start with his own personal testimony. What did he say about himself? That's essential. There are some, there are many who say Jesus never claimed to be God. You'll even find that among the charismatics, believe it or not. He never claimed to be God. So let's hear his own words, starting in verse 17 of John 5. But he answered them, My father is working until now, and I myself am working. For this reason, therefore, the Jews were seeking all the more to kill him, because he not only was breaking the Sabbath, but also was calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. Therefore Jesus answered and was saying to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself unless it is something he sees the Father doing. For whatever the Father does, these things the Son also does in like manner. For the Father loves the Son and shows him all things that he himself is doing. And the Father will show him greater works than these so that you will marvel. For just as the Father raises the dead and gives them life, even so the Son also gives life to whom he wishes." For not even the Father judges anyone, but He has given all judgment to the Son, so that all will honor the Son, even as they honor the Father. He who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent Him. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who hears my word and believes Him who sent me has eternal life and does not come into judgment, but has passed out of death into life. This is really an epic, epic declaration on the part of Jesus Christ. He assumes, of course, all through his ministry, the prerogatives of deity and divinity. He uh, declares that he has control over life, creation, death. He declares that he is the one who determines eternal destiny, and more of that unfolds in verses 25 to 29. He has the power, he says, to answer prayer. He has the authority to forgive sins. He has control over the angels. He has the power to open the kingdom. He has the right to receive praise and worship. He is to be obeyed in a way that is due only to God. Without correction, Jesus accepted the title of king, the title of Messiah, the title of Savior of the world, the title, messianic title from Daniel, Son of Man and Son of God. He took the sacred name of God, the Tetragrammaton, and applied it to himself numerous times in the Gospel of John. He declares himself to be the I Am. All these lines of testimony, all these assumptions uh, that Jesus assumes find here, not in, 
implication, but an explication as he completely, clearly identifies himself as God. We all know that he said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. I and the Father are one. Those are inescapable. But here is a inescapable, but here is a broader treatment of the claims of Jesus made from his own lips uh, to the Jewish leaders who have confronted him. Now, what's behind this is in the opening 16 verses, of course, of this chapter where Jesus heals a man specifically on the Sabbath, paying no attention to the rules that the Jews had developed about what could be done on the Sabbath. Uh, The the man who has been 38 years uh, with some infirmity is healed. He rolls up his little mat and he walks away. He's uh, uh, confronted and accosted. What are you doing carrying your bed? Who told you to do this? You're violating the Sabbath. And then they move that to Christ and see what he has done by the act that he made uh, also violated the Sabbath. When you come through those opening 16 verses, you would assume maybe that they ought to have a discussion about the Sabbath. But Jesus says nothing about the Sabbath. He doesn't say, I am the Lord of the Sabbath, though he said that elsewhere. He doesn't say, you misunderstand the Sabbath. Uh, God has given the Sabbath uh, uh, for man, for his rest. Uh, he said that elsewhere. He doesn't uh, defend uh, what he does as somehow within the confines of the God-ordained parameters of the Sabbath, uh, which they have added to and made impossible. He doesn't even discuss the Sabbath. He leaves that completely alone and elevates the discussion to a Christological presentation, a Christological confrontation. There is no defense of his action on the Sabbath. There is simply a claim that is staggering as to his identity. And implicit in that is the fact that he can do anything he wants anytime on the Sabbath because he is equal to God. He is, in fact, God. This may be, in some ways, the high point of the unfolding of John's purpose to present the deity of Christ. Uh, The deity of Christ is is presented as the testimony of the Holy Spirit who inspires John in the opening uh, uh, the, word, uh, the Word is the one uh, who created. He is the one who is life and light. He is the glory of God incarnate, John 1.14. So the testimony of the Holy Spirit and of the Apostle John the writer is the opening testimony to the deity of Christ. Then you have the testimony of John the Baptist. Then you have the testimony of the believing disciples who, who say, we have found him. Then you have the testimony of the action of Christ on behalf of God as he assaults the temple. Then you have the testimony of miracles. Then you have the testimony of his omniscience as he knows what people are thinking. End of chapter 2, which launches into the dialogue with Nicodemus. And of course, it, all of that has led to a severe conflict. But here, in the midst of that conflict, comes up to this point, and I think even throughout the rest of the gospel, the unparalleled comments of Jesus as to his identity. I don't really think there's anything quite like this. Rather than de-escalate the hostility, he elevates it. He doesn't say, whoa, whoa, calm down, guys. You shouldn't be thinking this about uh, my action on the Sabbath. You've... uh, You've uh, burdened the Sabbath unnecessarily, or I've stayed within the limits that God had in mind, or or whatever. He doesn't do that. On other occasions, he did do that. He had a discussion with them one time about whether they would pull an animal out of a ditch. 
Uh, If they would do that, why couldn't he heal somebody on the Sabbath? That isn't the issue here. This is Christological. And in the words that I read you, he says he's equal to God in five ways. Five ways. In nature, in works, in power, authority, and truth. Equal to God in nature, works, power, authority, truth. This is, um, this is something that is worthy of far greater attention than I would be able to give you uh, this morning in the very limited time that I have. But let me take a run at it. Equal to God in nature, verse 17. He answered them saying, My father is working until now, and I myself am working. I'm working on the Sabbath, he says, because God is working on the Sabbath. I work as God works. If God works, I work. He didn't argue about the Sabbath, as I said. He didn't argue about what was right or what was wrong. He escalates it into a Christological, ontological discussion. My father, no Jew ever said such a presumptuous thing as my father. God was a father of the nation as such, but not as individuals, far too familiar for any Jew. And when Jesus said, my father, they understood it as a claim to be of the very nature of God, and indeed it was. My father is working until now. That is to say he works 24-7. God never stops. God doesn't pay any attention to the Sabbath. God doesn't pay any attention to your Sabbath laws. You might add, well, what about the seventh day? Well, God rested from creation, but he didn't rest. All that means is the creation work stopped. You know, the Jews used to argue whether God kept the law. This was a big deal. The rabbis went around and around, does God keep the law? Yes, they said. Um, That then becomes a problem for the Sabbath. Because if God stops working on the Sabbath, everything falls apart. If God keeps the law, what does he do on the Sabbath? If he doesn't do anything on the Sabbath, the universe is going to fall apart and fly apart because we know he holds it together. So they said, yes, he works on the Sabbath. He does work on the Sabbath, but he does light work. (laughs) That's exactly what they said. He does light work. Um, And that that sort of fell into two categories. You, You could move... You could move something if you didn't have to lift it above your shoulders. So God lifts things, but not above his shoulders. And you could move things around inside your house, but you couldn't take it to another house. And since the whole universe is God's house, God does light work all over the universe. God does work on the Sabbath, but he never carries a load above his shoulders. And there is no other universe, so he doesn't break that law. All that nonsense aside, Jesus understands clearly that God does what he does all the time on the Sabbath the same way he does it every other day. The Sabbath has no reference to God whatsoever. And Jesus is saying, since the Sabbath has no reference to God, it has no reference to me, which is to say I am equal to God. I do God's work because I am God. He never rests. God doesn't for from his government, he never rests from his rule, his mercy, his grace, his justice, his wrath, his love, his blessing. The sun always rises, the wind always blows, the earth always turns, the grass always grows, the everlasting God, the Lord faints not, neither is weary, says Isaiah. And they would have to agree. 
And then he says, and I myself am working. I work the way God works. In Hebrews 1, we know the writer of Hebrews says that it is Christ who upholds all things by the word of his power, sustaining the creation on a constant basis. I'm not subject to the laws that God made for man. I'm outside those laws. God does acts of mercy and kindness on the Sabbath. God uh, regenerates and redeems on the Sabbath, and I do as well. God is never restrained from doing good on the Sabbath. Neither am I. This claim is so stunning that verse 18 tells us, for this reason the Jews were seeking all the more to kill him. This was something more than breaking the Sabbath. This was calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. They fully understood exactly what he was claiming. He is not another God equal to God. He is God equally. Not another God, but the Son of the Father, sharing a common nature. And by the way, that's a familiar idea to the Jews. Uh, they used that expression, sons of whatever, to identify people whose nature was consistent with the one they were identifying. They were seeking all the more to kill him, and that's a thread that runs all the way through the Gospel of John. Secondly, our Lord declares that he's equal in works. Equal in works. Verse 19, therefore Jesus answered and was saying to them, truly, truly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself unless it is something he sees the Father doing, for whatever the Father does, these things the Son also does in like manner, for the Father loves the Son and shows him all things that he himself is doing, and the Father will show him greater works than these so that you will marvel. Equal in nature and now equal in works. By the way, repeatedly, uh, early in the Gospel of John, as well as other places, you'll see truly, truly, amen, amen, because everything that our Lord is saying is new to the apostate Jews. Fearlessly, resolutely, he reaffirms his deity. Again, he doesn't back down, he reaffirms his deity by saying he not only is one with nat in the nature of God, but he is one with the very work of God. And this is very important. He cannot act independently of his Father. He does not because he cannot. And just as a footnote, he, can, he says he cannot do anything of himself. He can only do what he sees the Father doing. Whatever the Father does, the Son does in the very same manner. So very important to understand that I think that is the single greatest text to demonstrate the absolute impeccability of Christ, that he could not sin. I know there's a debate about that, that uh, Jesus could have sinned but didn't sin, or Jesus could not have sinned. Here you have his own testimony that it is impossible for him to do anything other than what the Father does. That is a statement from my vantage point of the absolute impeccability of Christ. He can only do what the Father does. The boldness of this claim is really stunning because this again escalates even further the animosity and the hostility. Whatever the Father does, he says, I do. I do it as the Father does it in the same way the Father does it. In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15, the author of Hebrews tells us that he was tempted in all aspects but he never sinned. The only person who lived and never sinned 
was the God-man, the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. My question to you, do you know him today? If not, there's salvation in him and him alone. This is it for this video and I hope you guys enjoyed it. Give it a thumbs up and let me know what you guys think in the comment section below. If this is your first time on the channel, I hope you subscribe. If not, I hope to see you on our next video. With love in Christ, John Henry with the Gospel of Christ. Mm -hmm.